Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. You have entered Comedy Film Nerds episode 353. That's the correct number, too. (laughs) That's the correct (laughs) number. Last week we were one off, but we (laughs) corrected it in the actual file that you downloaded on (laughs) whatever electronic device you're listening to to this to. Maybe you have a Philco. Maybe you're gathering around your... You have a Newton. You have a Newton. (laughs) (laughs) You're, You're... You're gathering around your computer as you once did for FDR's fireside chats. That's what your family does, right? Oh, that's what my family yeah. does. I know, like literally, my mom and her boyfriend are probably listening to this by the fireplace <laughs> on a laptop, on a laptop, or mm-hmm. their iPad because mm-hmm. <laughs> they they don't navigating have, to the website. They don't have play iPhones. On the they don't yeah. like iPhones. They're very against them. Hey, but uh, can still get the show. So as long so. as you can get the show, guys, yeah. that's all we care about. Um, you don't need a smartphone. You don't. You can use a dumb computer. Yeah. (laughs) You can have an antenna. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, You can do it in multiple ways. We have a quick announcement to make, guys. Uh, We are going to do a show at the San Francisco Sketch Fest uh, January 24th, and due to um, multiple scheduling conflicts, we had to cancel it. It it didn't work out, so we're sorry about that. It's uh, it's our fault. We apologize. so they're if they haven't put it on their website, they will. And you can if you already bought tickets, you can get a full refund. Uh, yeah, we're just too busy with everything, uh, earbuds, <laughs> and uh, we're we're looking to get funding for some other movies. So um, so let's turn that into some good news now. That was the bad Chris, news. What's why why are we so busy? <laughs> what what has taken up our time? You know what showed up? The DVDs. You mean the twenty two boxes yes. of DVDs that, uh, <laughs> that that I had to move just so you could sit down? And now we're sleeping on. <laughs> yes, that you built into a, a guest house and you're renting it. You're Airbnb being the yeah. DVD boxes. It's uh, and I got to say they look fantastic. They they came out really really well. The boxes. Um, the boxes. I, yeah them up. yeah no the boxes the look DVDs, fantastic. The boxes you know. look great. Even. You UPS said these are the best boxes we've ever <laughs> delivered. They're tightly packed. They were uniform for their their yep. cart. They're all the same color. Oh, same. That was uh, great. I mean, the labeling from the DVD yeah. replicators was great. They um, put it in a nice pyramid. <laughs> so you really, it into a swing set for your kids. yeah. It's been it's been great. No, but this um, is yeah. This has taken us a lot of time. I know we were trying to get this done before the holidays. Yeah. It's a lengthy process, and it's literally just... It's a post house. It's an artist. It's a replicating house. It's a ton of moving parts, but it is done. It looks great. There's a really cool spot on the DVD case to get signatures for your favorite podcasters, and Graham and I will sign it, so that'll start you off with two. Yep. So, so yeah, it's it's not a pre-order anymore. We will start shipping those out. All of you that paid, that got DVDs... Pre-ordered? That well, the DVDs in your Kickstarter. Oh, they're going out too. Yeah, those will be going out in another eight months. In a, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're doing media mail. Yes, By media mail. We're just putting it in a guy's backpack and hoping right. it makes it to your town. Yeah, but no, they they will be out. Uh, they will be starting to go out this week. The Kickstarter uh, physical rewards the DVDs first, and then we'll work on the stuff that's a little more complicated, like Bane shirts Ooh. and things that uh, we may have to reorder. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're out, they're here, they're ready to be uh, purchased in the store, and the DVD has a few extras that are not on the downloads, and that is uh, Graham and I, when we did the uh, Force Awakens premiere in Australia, there's two television segments, we put those on the DVD too. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. um, there's an extended Japan scene, there's a... Um, and the, the trailers are also on the DVD. The trailers on the DVD, mm-hmm. there's... Um, there's a lot of really cool extras. Extra stuff that... that um, 
that's on there. And there's, yeah, there's a couple extra things you can't even get with the digital download. Extras. Right, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's it, everybody involved from, from Paige Branson to Brian Wolf, who helped put everything together. Use Paige artwork and Brian put, like it, did the layout, yeah. The layout. It's a it's an awesome thing, and we're really really proud of it. What, one of the things we're really thankful to Paige for too is she didn't just create like one piece of artwork; she created a suite of artwork, and yeah. they all complemented each other. Mm-hmm. So Brian was able to take pieces of each thing and lay it out in different ways, like yeah. uh, just from the DVD tray to the cover, and it, it all worked out really nicely. So get your DVDs, guys. Get them signed, and then you know if you are already going to go to Sketchfest anyway. Uh, We'll ship it to you, and then you can run around Sketchfest and get people who are in it to sign it. Yes. <laughs> or uh, wait for next year. Or wait when for I- next year. Or <laughs> come to another, our one year. LA Podfest. Fest. LA Podfest, <laughs> which we're going to be announcing those dates very soon. Yes, it is happening, for it sure. It's happening. We have a new hotel. We, yeah, we have a new venue. Uh, the dates are locked in. We'll be announcing very soon yes. and be putting uh, tickets on sale yep. very shortly. So big, big things are happening. Um Let's introduce a, a, our, another full first-time guest. Very patient. Very patient guest. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys polite. have work to do. Yeah. <laughs> Business to take care of. Ladies and gentlemen, Casey Affleck. Casey. Yeah. <laughs> it's great to be here. Just run with it, guys. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's going to be good for you if you, got... if you commit to this improv exercise. Trust me. Uh, How do you like my beard? It's a great beard. I like the man bun. I, I like... ask because I'm Casey Affleck. I know. <laughs> Yeah. The real Casey real. Affleck. You're dodging yes. uh, rape allegations. You're doing a great job. Oh, yeah. Job. Yeah. I'm not here to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough. Yeah. I'm here to ignore that. Talk about being a vegan. Um, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it really I don't is. recommend it. I can tell you. It's awful. Um, no, uh, this comic I've known for many years. I uh, was just on his podcast. We'll get into that. And we've um, been on... Uh, Ice House Chronicles numerous times together. We have, and and we did a show together as far back as 2001, I remember, I can tell you about Fellow that. Fellow ATC comedian yes. and podcaster. Yes. Matt Fulcheron. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> what was the 2001 show? The suspense was show? killing me. <laughs> I, I, I just, you needed an identity. Um, we did a show that Adam Grotman ran on Melrose, like Melrose and Fairfax, and I remember... You know, it was a different world back then because I remember I was emceeing and I remember meeting Maria Bamford and going, oh, there's no way this woman could be funny. Yeah. Not because she was a woman. She just was like very quiet and everything. Right. And then she went up there and was just so fucking funny. Right. right. So that was like a different era. Like you don't know who you're actually like working with. You don't have any idea. You, yeah. You don't even know till you get there. Right. Nowadays, you like there's so many. It's so tweeted. Right. And advertise that you're like looking people up. Who am I working? You yeah. got nothing better to do. Right. You can go and see clips on all of them, know <laughs> all of what whoever they've worked with, yeah, yeah, and yeah. listen to their thing or whatever. Like, right. Right. And show up. Yeah. I know. Th- God, that's right. You I got know. an actual surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was great. I remember that gig now. I remember mm-hmm. those little gigs that we all sort of showed up at and just needed time for and mm-hmm. had the six people in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember still learning about, like, I was so new to comedy. I remember learning about comedy at, like, midnight on Comedy Central. Like, you just kind of had to wait for it to come on and stuff. It's so mm. funny. We've talk- I've talked about this on other podcasts. I'm sure you have, too. Like, the young comedian or new comedian today just listen to podcasts. Like, I feel like the young, the newer comics are way more educated on just Big time. etiquette. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they know, oh, don't run the light. 
Don't copy material. Don't copy material. They know what material not to copy because they get to hear everybody's shit. Yeah, because everyone has an album out. Mm-hmm. So everyone, it's, a, it, it's accountable. Like, no, I dropped that on my album six years ago. <laughs> right. So that's, that's mine. Yeah. That. Like, you got beef? Yeah. You got yeah. beef? <laughs> I got facts. You know, and it's like. It's different from digital to like touring. It's like a completely different world. Oh, yeah. Now. And and they, you can, again, and when I started, when you started, you watched Comedy Central. That's how you got, and you talked to the comics you were on the road with. When mm-hmm. You emceed, you talked to the headliner, and they would give you like, hey, don't do this, do that, or whatever. And you had to kind of figure that out. You yeah. Know? Like, I'd see headliners like, oh, they, they, they tip the wait staff at the club, and they are like... And I'm going to the bar trying to get a drink when the bar's busy getting the first round out. And the headliner's like, get the fuck out of there. Get out of their way. Get out of their way. Wait. And I was like, oh. You know, I remember swearing as an MC, and the owner uh, or the manager of Zany's in downtown Chicago pulled me aside and goes, no. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. No F words in this in the in the MC spot. Right. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I've actually like, come across that rule. Oh yeah. A lot of clubs had that. Oh yeah. 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 They mm-hmm. were like, you got to be squeaky clean. He goes, right. Like, you know. And I was like, but the headline goes, ah. Don't matter. Don't matter. Don't worry. Right. Don't worry yeah. about your fifteen. You're not here to kill, right. homie. Yeah. I yeah. Know. You're here to take that bullet. Yeah. Yeah. You're here to prepare the audience for the following get comedians. the plane yeah. off the ground yeah mm-hmm. i remember in that same conversation i was like all right after my set i was like you guys ready to get this show started and he goes no 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 you you are the show yeah you start it right you say that at the top of the show yeah right. when your set's over we're gonna all right we're gonna mm-hmm. keep it rolling bring up your next comment. y'all ready to deal with the fact that this show was started 15 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah make it extra wordy yeah. <laughs> we're deep up in this show and it ain't gonna stop right now and I was like, I'm bringing up another comic yeah. because I am a comic. Yeah. I'm not just some wedding DJ. Right. You know what I mean? Bringing up someone just to give a toast. That'd be a nice crutch to fall back on though. A couple turntables <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while. Accent a couple punchlines. So what is your, tell us about your podcast. That oh, my thought. podcast is nonsense. It's called the full charge power hour. And it's just me and a couple friends dicking around. If you listen to this podcast, a good episode to start on is I think, Two one, it's either two one five or two one six. Graham Elwood is on it, and so you know we do talk movies. Right. We do talk it's an entry point. What's it's, that? That's an entry it's point. An entry. For the that's podcast. an entry point for these listeners. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's the number one uh, episode I recommend to your fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it was cool. It's the some, spinoff. You had some crazy. Your crazy buddy. Yeah, he's like a liberal redneck. Yeah, this guy's a character. His name is Eric Wendell. He's uh, he's from West Virginia, but he's been in California for 15 years. So he has a, a democratic agenda, but the accent and the anger yeah. of a Republican. It was hilarious. He's like, you got this Trump. Like he sounded like a person at a Trump rally. Only swap out right a couple of words, yeah, yeah, and making it all angry at Trump. at Trump. <laughs> it's that that is amazing. If you need to fast forward an hour in to Graham's episode, that's yeah. where Eric Wendell shows up. <laughs> you can Tarantino this 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 episode yeah. and watch listen to the end first. Yeah, <laughs> and the, like, you know, it was. Uh, and he's always. It sounds like he always calls up after a couple three beers. Maybe? I no, that was a rare episode. I forget what time of day we we taped that. He's usually not drunk. Okay. But on this special, special episode of the Full Charge Power Hour, he is indeed intoxicated. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty great. I recommend it. Nice. Well, all right. Let's uh 
let's talk get, about some movies. Let's talk about some movies, buddy. What do we want to go after first? Uh, let's start with Moonlight. You saw Moonlight. I saw Moonlight. I'm excited to see this. Okay. Now, first of all, it's gotten buzz. The Oscar nominations are coming out. It got some Golden Globe nominations. It won Best Drama. Yeah, Best Drama. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'll call it on that one. Um, Unless it was a comedy. What do you think this movie is about? From what I've seen of the trailer, it looks like it's about. um, That's racist. Oh no. oh no! We've got some white guilt coming. Up. Um, so I. That's so great. Just put you on the defense. Oh, wow, you're gonna say that a day after MLK? Graham, yeah, you're gonna say trailer. Jesus, really? Jesus, Graham. Wow, amazing. That's a really brutal. Your fucking white privilege is just oozing into this. It looks like um, it looks like it's about uh, a young guy sort of growing up. And and Marsal Ali plays sort of his mentor, and from what I've I saw an interview with him, um, you know he's sort of a street guy trying to mentor this kid. But it also looks like it has to deal with some sexuality mm-hmm. as well, because it looks like he grows up and maybe there's a relationship with this. And guy. that's where the moonlight comes in. Hello. <laughs> but that's what it looked like to me, sort of. When you say some sexuality, what do you? I say like it looks like maybe he's gay, okay. and he's dealing with being a gay man in the hood and growing up in the hood as a young black man and being gay and what that's like. Right. Okay. Um, that is what it's about. Okay. But it's But you say that been... about every movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said that about Girl on the Train. Civil yeah. War. Civil War is about Rogue a bunch one. of gay guys. Um, Rogue the guy's clearly gay. <laughs> Vader what? wants to come out, but this... he can't. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you. He's wearing a mask. That's why he's pissed. <laughs> this movie, I was watching it, and it is, it is a mixed bag. There's some really good parts in it, and there's some really, really not-so-great filmmaking moments in this movie. Uh, First of all, it's set up like a boyhood. So every, like, little segment of his life is uh, played pretty much by a different actor. Okay. So as soon as you get kind of used to one actor, they're gone. And then another actor comes in. The only one that uh, is consistent is the mother, and then they kind of age her as as the movie progresses. Now... For whatever reason, the um, gay angle that's only hinted at in the promotion and the marketing, even in the IMDb uh, description, is actually a rather large part of the film. Uh. (laughs) So I don't know what the marketing decision was to downplay that specifically, Mm -hmm. because the entire third act is just a gay relationship drama. Like, literally, just the third act of the film. That's all it is. So... It's kind of like a bait and switch a little bit with the way they're promoting this movie. I think it's um, hard enough to get this type of movie seen in the Midwest. As yes, it is. yeah. There's going to be a lot of angry people <laughs> leaving the theater. God uh, damn it! So uh, th- now this movie, what it does right and what it does wrong are, are very different things. What it does right is it um, it brings you into this world and the life of this kid and as he's growing up and the issues that plague him. Um, what it does wrong is it throws so many things at you that sometimes this movie is a really compelling drama and other times it's a walking social issue. Like it just, it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Poverty, um, gang violence, um, racism to alcoholic, um, drug addled mother, crackhead mother, abusive mother. And like, so it's like, how much stuff are you going to throw at me at the actual, in this movie? And then, because what it does is it takes away from um, this character's journey. Because no, you're throwing so many things at me. Now, you see the character as less of a person going on a journey than 
a bunch of, like I said, social issues thrown at you. And uh, the drug dealer mentor is only in the first segment. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's also not very clear. such a strong actor. Such a strong actor, and uh, this is one of the things where the movie really gets it wrong. Every little segment, not only is he such a strong actor, it's set up so well in the beginning that this person is going to be a mentor for his life. Um, This movie doesn't show you some of the very important things. Like, it's just mentioned that he dies in the second segment, like, and you never see him again. Hmm. So it's like uh, Brian Cranston in Godzilla. Right, right. You know, it's this giant setup of this character and a very meaningful character, especially, and it doesn't, uh, it just literally disappears. Here's the other problem. The main it, character, I, I say, Little. Quick, why that's a disappointing is like one of the things we learn is is in the in the movie when Justin teaches Little how to swim, Marshall Ali is really teaching the actor, yeah. Alex Hibbert, how to swim, which yes. is like, wow. that's great mm-hmm. filmmaking, that's great character development, right. that's great relationships. Yeah. Um, and that's why there's like some great scenes in this film, but then there's also scenes that fall flat and it just doesn't, doesn't come together properly because it's, uh, it's a story about poverty and gang violence and it's a story about, um, you know, abusive parents, it's a story about, you know, growing up in the black experience, but then it's, then it's just a, towards the end, it's just a, a gay relationship drama and that's all it so is. So do, do you feel like had it been marketed more that way, you would have, it would have been okay with you or do you just feel like? It wasn't put together as a film the properly is really what it was. It's the structure of the film. That's the problem. The marketing added to that problem, but the overall problem of the film is it didn't know what it wanted to show and it didn't know what it wanted to do. Oh, like, what are, what do you want to show me? What, what is your focus? And cause it just goes off in all these different directions and then it picks one at the end. And then that's just where it goes for like the last, um, the last segment of the film. Here's the other issue is that, uh, the character little is, um, sullen and withdrawn. Obviously that's, to be expected with the life that he's having. However, for cinema and for a movie, that's very difficult to get information from a character and from a story when you have a character that doesn't respond to anything. Uh, So it's very difficult for an actor to emote without speaking. It's even more difficult to ask that of a child actor. So you have a lot of segments where people are talking to this character and there's no response, there's no dialogue, there's no emotion. It's literally shut off. So at some point you're like, well, just, I'm not getting any information or any emotion. Show me something, say something, is do that anything. Part of, is it like showing, oh, it's so much, the kid is just shut off? Is that, is that, do you think that's a scene or a choice or? If it was just a scene, great. But it's literally, it's through the entire film and even the other characters uh, always comment on it. Oh, you don't talk much. You don't say anything. You know, they're like, well, yeah, but now as an audience, I'm not getting the information that I need to go on this journey with this character because it's it's a blank slate. It's stone. So Well, now I'm pissed because I feel like I could have played this role <laughs> very well. So th- this is the kind of movie that, too, it, it's, it, it's a bit of a shame because it was so ripe for like uh, – um, you know, a really compelling, interesting story, but it just kind of goes in too many different directions at once. Uh, everything from the storytelling to the directing to the acting, like it was very ambitious. Like it was, all right, well, we're going to tell it in segments and have different actors for each thing. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of things going on, not only with the story, but also the way the story was told. And I think ultimately if it was pared down a little bit and focused more, I think it would have been a better film. Well, it's interesting because the, the director, Barry Jenkins, has done mainly short but he did one of their feature Medicine for Melancholy which came out in 2008 and it stars Wyatt Cenac in it and I saw this at South by Southwest mm-hmm. when it came out whatever mm-hmm. eight years ago right and it's a really cool subtle 
uh, character piece and why it's an X great in it. Um, yes. Just having known him and I know he's a comedian and stuff like that to see him play this. And it's sort of a love letter to San Francisco. Right. So, and this is based on an unproduced play mm-hmm. titled In Moonlight Black Boys Look Blue by um, Terrell Avon McCraney. So I wonder if it was trying, like that happens in a, in an indie film where they're trying to cover too much stuff. I don't know. That's really what it felt like. It, it felt like we're trying to cover too much ground. We have limited resources. We're trying gimmicky things like, you know, with different actors in each segment. It was, it was almost like just, no, you don't need to do so much. This is an amazing story. And this is, can be really interesting and compelling. Stop trying to go in all these different directions. With just it. like uh, you got served too. Exactly. <laughs> they're the same, yeah. Yeah. They're the same, the same thing about problem. You. <laughs> you know, why... <laughs> You know, why are there so many different kinds of dancing in this yeah, movie? I don't, you know, just how, many, how many times can one person get served? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just one big serve scene, and that's it. Wrap it up. Yeah. Do you think, though... Um, so I think it was good. It was a good movie. It had some uh, really good and solid performances in it. It just it could have been better. There was a, a lot of places where it fell flat. I feel like that's been happening, and we'll go into some more. That's been happening a lot this Oscar season. I've right. been seeing a lot of movies where I'm like, that was a couple of good scenes, or those actors are good. Yes. But I haven't. But it, it didn't come together completely I as a film. Seen one right. Movie that's just like, damn. Exactly. From uh-huh. start to finish, this blew me away. I, I exactly. Seen it. Yeah. And and so let's let's talk about silence. Yes. Okay. So Matt and I both saw that. I saw mm-hmm. it yesterday. All right. You, what were your thoughts first, Matt? Uh I thought it was pretty good. And uh, but it wasn't like a good time. <laughs> I saw two movies yesterday that weren't a good time. I spent four and a half hours yesterday thinking about shit that isn't that fun to think about. <laughs> um, but what I what I really liked about this movie is it just it just shows you how many problems come from. Are we pausing? From yeah. modern delivery yeah. we situations. Just, we just had a delivery guy show up. Yeah. All right, so you and were saying- And wouldn't go away. And wouldn't go yeah. away. Chris tried to chase him off. This, I've been telling you to get a stun gun for years. I know, and now yeah. you need to yeah. get one. I've had time to think about this movie now, and I okay. don't know if I liked okay. it as no, much as I liked silence. it five minutes ago. Back to silence. No, I really gave this movie a chance because uh, I love Martin Scorsese, as we all do. Mm-hmm. And um, and you love quaffy hair. Yeah, I like quaffy hair. I love beautiful men who are starving to death. <laughs> In robes. <laughs> I really was thinking about, like, when I was watching this, like, how everybody must have smelled. Yeah. Isn't there one scene where, like, this woman's talking to uh, Spider-Man, and yeah. he's like, oh, fuck. Like, he can, like, he can smell her breath, and he just kind of turns away. Yeah. Anyways, it's- I'm all over the place with this. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I get the, I like the message in the movie that it's just, it's so crazy that two religions are using violence to win each other over when both philosophies are pretty similar and that you treat your fellow man um, with respect and you don't try to uh, torture them. Yeah, thank God Um, that those days are over. Yeah, we fixed that. (laughs) Oh, that's good. I think I like this movie. (laughs) But uh, it wasn't like a a good time. It's... (laughs) I'm not going to shit on this movie, but I don't know if I liked it. <laughs> I say, like, the themes that you're talking about were the most compelling part to me. Mm-hmm. Two religions fighting each other. And also to give it some historical context, Japan is there's this there's a couple of great scenes where there's this the sam this one head samurai and um, he's like. 
Was he wearing a medallion? <laughs> a medallion, yeah. That's what they have, a medal. Head samurai. Um, where he's like, he sort of tells a story, but basically what he's saying is, look, Spain, Portugal, and England are all trying to own us. They're all trying to come in here and turn this into a port like they've done. They fought over Hong Kong. At that time, Shanghai was broken up literally like the Dutch. There was segments of Shanghai in those days in the 1600s, 1500s, that were legally owned by other countries. Wow. And Japan knew this. And Japan was like... We know how it starts. Right. You come in here with your religion and then you have power because that's how Europe was run was by the various churches. So, yeah. I was surprised to see that that there was that much Christianity in, in Japan. Yeah. That's what the movie starts with. You're like, what? Really? Yeah. Oh, they know they know enough about Christianity that they speak English. Yeah. And so, Essentially, right? Am I wrong about no, that? I mean, that's the, that's yeah. the thing. So it's already started to come in. and There's more... still Christianity in Japan. Sure. I didn't realize that. I thought it was, but then when we were there, Sanai goes, no, no, there's there's a Christian yeah. population here. There's a Christian population. But this is before even the post office. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> weird that, that you, can tr- you can spread your word like that. Yeah. And so it was, it was, that was interesting to me. I just... And again, I wanted to like this too. It's sort of what we just talked about with Moonlight a little bit. And and like you hear Martin Scorsese, you just on paper, you're like, oh, wow. And then some of the trailer, you're like, oh, man, you know, like the price for your glory is their suffering. And you're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. But man, Andrew Garfield, I'm sorry. No? I can't get on board with this cat. <laughs> yeah, I, great hair. I, great, great hair. Are you kidding me? Fantastic fake beard. Yeah. But like, I just... And it looked like it was all connected, too. It, I just... <laughs> it's hard for this cat to carry this type of a movie. Liam Neeson comes in at the very end of the film, and his scenes are... T- he, you go, oh... Right. That's what a guy who can carry a movie looks like. How yeah. did, like, creepy Adam Driver do? He did, fine. he did fine. You saw yeah. his ears in it? Right. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of ear. I mean... That was the first time I saw him where I wasn't like, oh, that's the fucking hipster from Girls. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a decent job. I think so, too. I think he did a decent job, and I think since uh, Force Awakens, you know, that's sort of given him now, he's got this, another indie film, Patterson, that is that is getting some some buzz that I'm curious He to was see. in Tracks, too. Remember that? We mm-hmm. saw about the... Uh, uh, Australian girl who trekked across the uh, yeah. country. He so he was like a National Geographic reporter. He's a good actor. He, he's he's always been yeah. good. It's just he's to solid. me, he's always it always like kind of takes me out of it a little bit because his in the beginning of his career, he played so many New York hipsters right. in right. so many different movies and TV shows that you, it, that I go, oh, that's the guy from fucking Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah. well, it's like how many times did Tom Hanks have to hear, oh, it's Kip. Mm-hmm. Right. that finally went away but I think like and this this role I was the, it was one of the first times I was just like oh wow he's playing this and his devotion um, I just I, Andrew Garfield I can't I just this this was such a tough part and literally like you say it's uncomfortable there's physical torture in this movie you have to watch just for like an hour an hour and a half yeah just a quick, <laughs> quick 90 minutes of watching a human getting beaten so it's a fair amount it's a yeah, but but again, it's a two hour and forty. It's minute cool movie. hand Luke. It's like they're just like trying to get the guy to convert, and you realize so much of life is just what this is. Right. It's just no. So you like the Broncos, dude? You live in Denver now. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And people are like, no way, I'm a Chargers fan. Right. So, like, uh, as far as the structure of the film, it was basically these missionaries went over to try to convert the Japanese to Christianity. Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. how they have to do it in secret because when they get there, it's been outlawed. So you're oh, going to get killed. The Japanese, okay. lo- the, the shogun has said, we're going to kill No Christianity. It would no have been so much yeah. better if it was like 2002 and Driver and Garfield were, were trying to like pimp their band out to Japan. <laughs> 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 like a hipster band. I think Scorsese, like, you don't think about it, but I think he really shines when there's an element, not a Tarantino level, but an element of pop culture to it. Because he knows how to capture an era that he's familiar with. And I, then maybe that I'm familiar with. I think you're right. And I think, you know, he... You can't play the Stones in this movie. Right. <laughs> Which, I was actually happy for that. I don't want to hear, please allow me. I don't want to hear that again. But like, I can't hear that. But That's I, a perfect song to pick, though, actually. That's smart, Grant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and Wild Horses. Yeah. I <laughs> so I like, you know, and, and Scorsese, to that point, Matt, he talked about in an interview, he grew up Catholic and was going to go to, you know, right. seminary and all that stuff. And so he has a knowledge of this history of the Catholic Church and what it was trying to do. Um, but also, and and I just feel like, it was the ca- I feel it was part of the casting, and then it's two hours and forty minutes. Wow, like, a lot a- of these. And I got to tell you, this most people won't have this experience, but I got to the theater late, and so I had to sit in the front row. So that's two hours and forty minutes of a, a broken neck, of or a bro- like yeah, a crooked s- neck, crooked yeah. neck and beatings. Yeah. So wow. so I'm getting tortured too. So actually, it's like sitting in one of those chairs that vibrates when it explodes in a movie. <laughs> it's like that, whatever you call that, <laughs> that high end theater. But it was in Los Feliz three, so. <laughs> It was, it was, it's, it's worth seeing. It's long. Is it deserving? Maybe Adam Driver gets a supporting Liam Neeson. Maybe. There's no way you could pay attention to this movie at home in your house. No. Right. You got to see this in a movie theater. You have to. There's maybe some cinematography could get some awards, but it's, again, it's another film that we like, like Moonlight that like you want it to be like you walk out of there and go best movie of the year. Right. 360 well, dunk. You want yeah, to see. Right. Yeah, and you walk out and you go, okay, that was good. Yeah, you know, some interesting stuff. And I've it's been this, every. I have not seen one Oscar contender this year that has b- completely blown me away. Right. I've seen a lot of, like, flat-out failures, like Collateral Beauty and Passengers. Right. Um, but it was, it was a little... You saved me from seeing one of those. I was excited. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's worth seeing, but you got to see it on the big screen. And um, you know, just just chalk that day off to a bad time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like good art that you have to see that you won't enjoy. Yeah, have some have some happy to do immediately following. <laughs> yeah, uh, go see something really stupid afterwards. Like I don't know, Patriots Day. Well, all right, <laughs> that's not exactly a pick me up either. Um. Well, you want to talk about that next? You want to talk about Absolutely Fabulous, Chris? I'll do Absolutely Fabulous. Right, get into some ab fab. Now, um, this movie, I have to say, I really enjoyed. What? I don't I don't know if you guys watched the show. I, I see, I'd seen some of the show. I thought yeah, it was funny. The show, it's, it's funny. It's a funny movie. And I think what I was doing, too, is comparing it to, like, that horrible Office Party movie. When you have a, an American studio comedy, basically written and directed by committee, where everything is hitting these miserable beats, you don't care about the characters, the jokes, or anything. But then you have a movie like this, absolutely fabulous, that 
has such a vision and a voice because it's a very specific thing. It's based on these characters that you saw on a TV show, and they're very specific characters. Right. And there's a lot of jokes about um, the fashion industry and how useless PR is. And I'm sure there's specific model and fashion jokes that I didn't get, but it didn't matter because right. it was so silly and ridiculous. And they didn't cater either. No, they didn't cater. They just went, but it was, I was laughing out loud in a lot of this movie. It was really funny. There was a rush to, uh, uh, you know, sign Kate Moss after she uh, uh, lost her publicist. <laughs> They're at a party, and literally the character like um, knocks her into the river, like that. Kind of, <laughs> right, right. Like, Kate Moss like you did just her own you stunts. just killed Kate Moss, yeah. yeah. And she did her own stunts. Yeah, yeah. Kate Moss doing her own right. stunts, guys. It was great. It was, and it's 24 years after the debut of the show. And um, it was Idris Elba's first speaking part when he was on, when he was on an episode of AbFab in 1995. Who, um, who, who's? Uh, Idris Elba's. Oh, okay. Now, one of the things I really liked about this movie, it had a lot of cameos in it. Uh, there's a cameo by John Hamm in this that is absolutely hysterical. It's so funny. He's so good in it. You want to, oh, I just wish he was in more of the movie now because it was such a great scene. Um, but it, it's really funny. It doesn't... Um, it doesn't shy away from what it is. Like, uh, they make jokes about having a gay following. They make jokes about, like, you know, their ages. The jokes about their ages because they're they're um, older women now. They're more yeah. mature women. They're, you know, 60s. You know, jokes about 60 being the new 40 and, you know, things <laughs> right. like. Right. Um, uh, uh, just, and it was really good because it had a specific like i said a voice and a character and the jokes were character driven so they made sense for all the characters you know the plot is very thin but you don't care because you're just laughing through the entire thing and um it was just a really stark difference between having a comedy with a voice and a vision and having a comedy like office party without a voice and a vision well, like like I, to your yeah. point though mm-hmm. and why i think when you look at closely so that the office party is just sort of like you say a studio like hit these comedic beats and right. hire these comedic actors where this mm. is staying true to the show so mandy fletcher the director directed she's directed a lot of tv and some episodes of right. the app app tv show so exactly. it's like they're, they're doing their thing their way the right way that's always right. and we all know this as comics when comics are allowed to do their thing mm-hmm. right their way it's going to be funny yes. versus fit into this box right now not everyone may be on board because it's a more specific thing right. but the right. people that are going to see it and enjoy it are really going to enjoy it whereas like off, office christmas party is like well everyone's going to think it's okay no one's going to think it's great you know and no one's going to really like that's eh, it's all right but Co- comedies right now stay within the lines so much they almost right. have to right yeah um so to see that like you know i think comedy often gets short change where like oh when you when you have an auteur and a vision and a uh, a real directing style it's just for drama and action and sci-fi no comedy needs all those things just as much as all these other genres yeah it's fascinating. And it was great to see. It's fascinating. It, it, it is great to see. It is. It is fascinating that they that they, you know, put comedy at the kids' table in so many ways. Right. Like we just need wacky jokes. We just need a couple set pieces. We don't need set design. We don't need any of these other things you put into a, a regular film. It's almost right. like they're just looking for the single now. They're just looking for the one yes. scene that'll yes. play <laughs> on on right. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. That's or it, the, you know? like, what can we put in the trailer? And now we're done. Just so yeah. everyone yeah. goes, oh, you got to see the lunchroom scene or whatever. Right, and right. Then, because it's like, and when you when you cater to the right thing, it's like bad moms. 
Yes. I, I thought Bad Moms was fucking mm-hmm. hilarious. And uh, your wife, and, a bunch of moms yep. that I know saw it and loved it. Were there they, any random jokes or were they all related to the characters? They were all related to the exactly. characters. They were mm-hmm. all mom and parenting and right. school jokes. Mm-hmm. There was no joke in there that was like, these moms wouldn't make this kind of right. a joke. You right, know, right, right. Make some sort of bro-y NFL joke right? or whatever. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? They're going to mm-hmm. make fucking mom parenting jokes. Right. And that's what was great. And again, like... Like you're not in the fashion world, but you still found it funny. Yes, I I'm did. not a mom, and I still mm-hmm. found bad moms funny right. when it's done correctly. Yes, it mm-hmm. it, it 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 resonates mm-hmm. versus trying to please everybody. Right. Like it just just show like how out of touch like their credit cards wouldn't work, and one of them goes, one of the characters, um, Patsy, she goes, "Well, don't you have any of that? What is it? That that hand money?" <laughs> <laughs> So stuff like that is just so funny, and it's so like you know, like I said, character driven. So it, it, it's really worth a. I saw it on a plane, but it, it, it's worth your time, definitely. All right, sounds good to me. Let's do Patriots Day, buddy. Let's do it. Let's do it now, Mark. Bring Wahlberg. us back. Now I'm guessing My... based on a true story. This is this. Is, yeah. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't think it'd be any kind of interesting if it weren't. Like, that's what they're doing this. So he did Deepwater Horizon, which is based on a true story. Oh, yeah. Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor was based on it. It's Peter Berg. Him and Peter Berg are doing. The same director on all three of those? Yep. Oh, dude. Same crew. So this is about. I didn't see the first two. That's why I was lost. (laughs) (laughs) So this is about the actual 2013 Boston Marathon. Mm -hmm. The, The bombing. Uh, and then the, the the find how to find the guy. right find the uh, the culprit. So yeah. how was it? Oh, it was it was okay. You the way you set it up, I thought it was gonna be like horrific. I thought it was like <laughs> a great. It was great if it was like a TV movie of the week type right. thing. Like it, it, for me, someone who only casually watched it on the news, it was interesting to see all the details. Uh, it was very fucking uncomfortable since it was a true story. Right. Just knowing the bomb was going off and all those beautiful Hollywood actors were going to get blown up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I thought it was okay, man. Like, like because I didn't know the story that well. I just seen clips on the news or whatever. Lone Survivor was all right. I yeah. mean, like I didn't see Deepwater Horizon, but like these guys know how to capture the humanity of an actual right, event. Right. With Mark Wahlberg being all Mark Wahlberg-y. You the know? weirdest part about it, I thought, was like... Did the plants do it at the end? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there's this, like, there's not that many jokes in it, and then, like, at the end, there's, like, two jokes by, like, fucking J.K. Simmons. Really? Yeah. Like, it's not, there's not that, it's not that lighthearted of a movie. Of course. It's not a lighthearted subject. But. Yeah, but, like, there's not even that much of a sense of humor like amongst the characters, maybe a little bit in the opening scene with the with the the guy got hit in the head. I don't want to spoil the, one of the only jokes. He says he's got hit in the head with the um. Well, I have to spoil the joke. I can't remember the the fake name with an iron. Right. And then there's another joke. J.K. Simmons is like, "I gotta quit smoking." After he almost got shot to death, and then he also goes, "Well, that boat's not gonna fucking go in the water anymore." Do you know what I mean? There's like three jokes in this fucking movie that seem like really out of place to me. They, it wasn't. It wasn't like were they trying to like show the sort of Boston sarcasm? I think in, in o- the midst of this tough thing, and they're all working together to figure it out. I think that is always in Boston. I just actually was going. I bet the guy didn't make that joke at that time. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Because he almost just got shot to shit. Right. Did it feel like uh, like by the numbers kind of thing, or did it feel like you know we're really going to take the subject and do something interesting? It was by it? the numbers, but I wouldn't yeah. expect anything else from it. Right. Like I, it gave me exactly what I expected. Mm-hmm. That's why I really wasn't that disappointed. Right. And I went to see it specifically for this podcast, so I didn't <laughs> feel like I made a bad choice. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to see it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any of that. Oh, man. When you go to the multiplex now, it's like, should have seen this. I know. <laughs> should have seen that. God damn it. There was none of that. So I could just enjoy it for what it was. I got to give you credit. You're one of the few guests that sees two movies before coming. Yeah. Well, well I don't want to come in here and not be able to speak. That's yeah. like ridiculous. I wish more comics. God bless that. you. God bless you. You should spread the word <laughs> on that. Somebody comics show up and go, oh, you guys talk about movies? Yeah, fuck not. Yeah, I know. If that's all you guys are talking about, then I better do some. Yeah. <laughs> We're not gonna just talk about one. And right, about right, right, right. And honestly, I wanted the excuse to go see two movies. I never give myself that luxury. That's awesome. I love going there to movies. Go. It's one of the few places you can go nowadays where you like have to turn off your phone. Yep. That doesn't mean everyone does it. I do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I can actually f- fuck tune drugs out. and alcohol. You can actually like tune out your life. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go oh, alone. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I, I've never seen so many movies alone until, since we started doing the podcast. I love going to movies. I mean, I love going with my girlfriend, but I also it's also cool just going to a movie alone. Yeah, yeah. Just sitting just there in the back row, up. being a weirdo. Fuck yeah. Smuggling, <laughs> smuggling in it. my own food. I was in like, like I was a in a homeless person. <laughs> I was in a suit like a too, weirdo. What do you do? <laughs> I sit in the back, upper left or right corner. You just like yeah, make yeah, noises, yeah, yeah. like really like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I usually smuggle in food, and I sit in the back away from people. Right. Like when we went to some of those fan ones, you always get tickets like in the middle of the row, and there's someone kicking my seat. And I'm like, if I was here alone, yeah, I'd be I would, in the back. Like, no yeah, one would be behind me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I treat a movie theater kind of like an airplane. I want an aisle. I want. I want to get in and out. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's one of those, um, what are the curvy screens? Right. So it was, it was, <laughs> all right, well, that's, all right, I'm curious to, I'm, I'm actually curious to I, What I really didn't like was when they, um, they showed, like, I don't like when a movie transitions from a Hollywood production into a documentary where they show the real people that played, that the actors played and stuff. They For some reason, I don't like that. I mm. see, I don't have a problem. They did that with Sully, and I didn't mind that. Because, uh-huh. I don't know, maybe I kind of... Whenever, and I'll get in on this next movie, whenever I see a historical drama that actually happened, there's always the part of me that's like, well, did that really happen? Did they really say that in that moment? Or what was it really like? Did that guy really look like Jim Parsons? Yeah, yeah. That, exactly. <laughs> they all, they cast well. Everybody yeah. looked like they were supposed to. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a Boston guy, so. Right. Um, all right. I'll, I'll probably see this. Um, oh, you haven't seen it? I have not seen it. What I saw was Hidden Figures. Now, this one I am... <laughs> Excited to see that segue. Yes, I did. I Uh, guess uh, segregated equations was already taken. Yeah, (laughs) but this is the kind of movie too that you know. I think it's a really cool story. Like I was real. I'm really excited to see this movie. I'm. I felt the same way. I love that space era. I love any. I mean, I saw the right stuff when I was a kid. You know, I thought. I was born in 1969. My mom was pregnant with me when they landed on the moon. Like so, the space race. That era of American history, I love it. I've watched a million documentaries on it. I've watched all kinds of stuff. And I didn't know this happened, so that I was the same way. I was like, oh, well, I, I want to know this. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Apollo 13. I know you don't because it's Ron Howard. But, yes. <laughs> but, but like... Um, no, I don't like Ron Howard because of Apollo 13. <laughs> <laughs> so do you not like him at all anymore? Um, no. This is a long time. Do, like yeah. do you like Arrested Development? 
So. I know it's not. I know he didn't direct it, but he. he no, I never liked over. Arrested Development. All right, well, mm. that answers my question. And also um, didn't like uh, the um, what is it? Da Vinci Code movies either. Oh yeah, oh, I'm excited <laughs> for the next one. Um, anyway, uh, I like Octavia Spencer and uh, Tazarji. I know I'm not pronouncing that. Henson. Those are fine actresses. Janelle Monae is a great singer, and I'm like, let's. Is she going to be a great actress? I'm curious to see this because she, and she is. She just has that thing. Like, I was like, oh, Justin Timberlake. You know, like they're professional entertainers. Yeah, they know how to light up a stage, and they're going to light up a camera. You're right. They are terrible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Me and JT are tight. Dude. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> but like, I I thought she was really good. I thought Janelle Monae was really good in this, um, and. They um, they did that thing at the end where they show the photos of the actual people, which I, I know it's so formulaic, and this movie had very sort of biopic formula points to yeah. it. But part of me is like, well, yeah, though I want to... I wanna, right, <laughs> don't make me pull out my iPhone. Like, I want I want to see the, the photo. But the question I had is like during some of the... And again, it's a good movie, Good scenes, good actors. Kevin Costner is is all Kevin Costnerified. He's doing a great. And those old photos, it's all white dudes with crew cuts and glasses and black ties and white right. shirts. Texas baby, it's all that. It's all they're all like doing that. So, um, that was accurate. And you know how these women had to break through the color barrier in this thing, and the actual facts of in 1961. They had just nerds, and they were called computers. Mm-hmm. You had to do the figures, and they're trying to fit. We're getting this new IBM thing, you know, and it was the IBM thing that accelerated the space race for us. And so, a person was a computer. Yeah, literally, they yeah. were like, and they had the colored computers, and it was uh-huh. the section of of colored women doing math, long form mm-hmm. math, and all this, you know, engineering stuff. And it was like, it's like when Don Draper's office got a computer. Yeah, that kind yeah. of that. I mean, it was it was very. It's that era. It was mm-hmm. 1961, and it's taking place in Langley, Virginia. So Vin- Virginia was still segregated. Virginia still had white and colored drinking fountains. It still had segregated schools. It was still part of the South. It wouldn't acknowledge. Was it weird seeing space nerd racists? Yeah, it, it was. So it was like so this, racist so this nerds. So this is the where I question, and it's like. When you had uh, Jim Parsons. So Jim Parsons plays one of the mathematicians and he's um, uh, he's resentful that um, uh, Tajara Henson's character has moved into like, she's moved up from like literally the colored section to like where all the white dudes are doing right. the big work. And, and she's a woman on top of it. And she's a woman. So they go into that too. Like women aren't allowed in here let alone a black woman. Right. And so she's fighting all that and he sort of is resentful of her at first. This is where I kept going, I want to watch a documentary. I want to see interviews if these women are still alive. I don't think so. But like, how were they actually treated? Mm-hmm. Like, did this happen? Were these guys this rude? Mm-hmm. Um, because Kevin Costner kept going, guys, I don't care. Like, this needs to happen. We're putting a man on the moon. We can't, you know, and you're seeing like, oh, Sputnik just happened. And the president, you know, Kennedy's like, 
his guy is coming down and screaming at everybody going, why are we losing to the Russians and all that stuff? I mean, it was, it was literally, I mean, it, it, there was that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's that anxiety of like that, that whole space race thing. Like no one can get ahead of us. There's no, no way. way if something is up there, Sput- forget it. Now we're losing. If Sputnik's up yeah. there, they could drop a bomb on us. Right. Exactly. It was the dawn of the mm-hmm. atomic right, age. Right, right. So it was like, mm-hmm. it was no joke. If we're behind, it puts us at risk. It puts us at risk. Mm-hmm. We're, the Soviet Union has flat out said, we want to dominate the world. At that point in time, yes. the Soviet Union had said that. We have a dog on the moon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, We're going to drop a bomb on you. <laughs> so it was it was real. And Kevin Costner. So then when that started happening, I was still like, were people still sort of like. I think the answer is yes. Probably. I think the answer is yes. I think it was more of a compromise all around. Just using my imagination. I haven't seen the movie. But I doubt. I bet you they made more of a hero out of uh, Costner going, no, guys. Yeah. I bet you he was a dick too. Yeah, and also like I wonder, I wonder because in some of the ways that they were, it was sort of that kind of cliche white character from that era. I know, I know white people were a lot of them were awful at that era, yeah, and, and still awful today. Um, I met one this weekend. Yeah, so I'm not saying, but it it just seemed from like a character writing standpoint. Sometimes it's just sort of like. Oh, here's the white guy going, y'all ain't allowed here. Like, I know there were people saying that. There's news footage. But were they actually saying that in NASA? That's that's the problem with and, movies is you have to make every scene, right? you know, further the story. So they have to make this one guy. They want to hire two actors? No, we'll just have this one character right. say all the racist guy's lines. Right. <laughs> but unfortunately, he has like a real name that was a real person. Right. So I don't, I don't think these movies are ever even close to accurate. Right. I, I think I agree. That's just sort of the like, well, we can't make a five hour movie. So, um, but those are always the questions. Like, it's like when I watched Apollo 13 and they were arguing and I was like, there's no way astronauts were arguing. And I saw the actual astronauts were like, well, we wanted to, but there was no time because it was literally like, we're, if we don't do this, we're going to die. So how do we solve this problem? Let's right. do the math. Let's do the math. So that's the thing where um, I guess that's just my space nerd. Like I want to just see that right. happen. And I and I kept going, I'd love to see a documentary about this. That being said, that's all of my nerdy biopic criticisms. Um, it's kind of like good then because it's like this is all you got. Right. If they don't have the real documentary. This is then all fuck it. This is kind of, and so it is worth watching. It is a good story. Um, the the director Theodore uh, Melfi has done Saint Vincent and Winding Roads, which Saint Vincent I really liked mm-hmm. uh, a lot. And there's some cool stuff in it. They, um, you know, and you you see how this happened, and you see the space race. You see how like. Everyone's gathering around a TV back in those days to see, to watch what this happened, and, and there's certain stuff I sort of knew historically. I was like, "Oh fuck, that's right," you know, mm-hmm. and and then seeing just seeing how they dealt with it, and and it, it was really cool. It's an interesting story, and it, and it, it's really compelling. Did they do that cool thing like on Mad Men? Whenever they were watching a monitor or TV, it was like old black and white footage. Yeah, they would get the actual black and white mm-hmm. footage, and then they did a good job of showing. You know, in the control center, like I've, and then they showed at the end photos of the actual control. They showed the control center. They showed this 10 foot high chalkboard. That's how they did the math. 
Right. God damn. That's how they put That someone... is some long division. Yeah. yeah. They did that on a chalkboard <laughs> with a ladder. Right. That's how yeah. we put people in space. That's crazy. 50 years ago. That's crazy. Like, it's, you're like, wow. So that was cool. How did it even happen? How did it yeah. happen? And, and when you hear them talk about that, and the thing they kept saying, it was a recurring theme, but it was worth, it was a, it was a good theme to have because it was, they kept saying, someone like, well, we've never, you know, had a woman in there or a black person in there. Well, we've never had a guy in a rocket going around the earth. Right. Either. We've never done any of we've this. We've never done any of this. Yeah. You know, and it, and it starts like Janelle Monet's like, I want to be an, an engineer, but they'll never let me. And one of the engineers goes, I'm a Polish Jew. Most of my family's dead from World War II. I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And we're putting a guy like there's all mm-hmm. these scenes. You're like, okay, and it's it's cool. It's it's, it's cool. funny how that didn't just like completely squash racism dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, boom, like you know. But I doubt did they, that was not like mentioned on the news or anything back in the day, right? That was like very. They didn't go into the details. They were like, here's the fucking moon. Here's the guy jumping on it. Yeah, a bunch of white guys in suits did this. And then know? it went, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> and then AHA came on and you forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt showing his age from MTV. 42, 42 years old. Not afraid of it. But it's a, it's a, again, it's a good film. There's good performances. There's going to be nominations. It still wasn't like that was blew me away. Like, right. It's a solid film. Yeah. It's worth seeing. It's worth seeing for the historical context. Mm-hmm. You know, it was cool watching it on MLK Day and and you know, that was a cool thing. It's it's especially knowing who's getting sworn in to the White House soon. Like it's worth talking about. Um, I wish they would let you present at the Oscars and be like, this year was all right. It was good. It was all right. It went bad. I'm not saying it was bad. No, no, no. Not a lot of bad. home runs. I'm just saying, don't take these trophies too seriously this year. That's all I'm saying. Bunting a guy in is still a win. It's just not exciting. Everyone showed up to work this year. All right? Everyone did quality work. So, yeah, that's it. That's Hidden Figures. All right. So now uh, we actually have a sponsor for this episode. This is a new sponsor. And uh, an independent sponsor. This is; these are the makers of the web series Guardian Pigeons on YouTube from out of Australia. This is a series by Avin Yap. Now, one of the things we like to do too here at Comedy Film Nerds is we also like to promote other artists. So we keep advertising space available for when um, an artist has something to promote. And you know, I'll tell you right now. It's a reduced rate because yeah. we want to pay it forward and and give um, give it give something back as as far as uh, uh, helping out other artists. Now I was able to watch this. This is a, a really interesting um, web series. Um, it's got these kind of like um, different it place, in e- place in Australia. It's got these different elements to it. It's got. Uh, a lot of slapping in it. <laughs> There's some slapstick like comedy. Like a lot that. of slapping. <laughs> There's a couple weird, like David Lynchian moments. And uh, what I like too is watching. Like these are obviously all young artists, young directors, young writers, young um, actors. Watching the evolution of actors because the other thing too is if you look back on any artist's evolution, the first couple things are made is always a little rough around the edges. We have them, we we all do, and uh, I love seeing the evolution. So 
even as you watch like from episode to episode you see everything get a little more polished a little tighter mm-hmm. and uh it's really interesting to watch the journey it's, it's also there, i mean i had a laugh out loud the first one where she's like i don't care if the sponsors pulled out of pigeon con yeah <laughs> yeah it's it the story is about two dueling pigeon conventions yeah and uh about two people who were best friends and now they're they're enemies uh and then she lives with um, her, like her rival son, but it's not quite clear if there is a romantic involvement or, or not. So it's uh, um, it's it, it goes in a couple different directions, and it's definitely fun. And they're not that long. You, the eight minute episodes. It's yeah. cool animation mm-hmm. to do the thing. So it's really it's it, it reminds. It's very me, ambitious. It's really ambitious. Like mm-hmm. and. They're, it's on YouTube. They're, you know, they're just trying to get a lot of subscribers. The more likes and subscribers they get, you know, this is a way, guys, for you to support an independent artist without spending any money. Yes. You know, because because subscription model and the like model and the click through model. It costs you nothing to check this out. It's it's awesome and it's really cool because they're trying something, they're trying something different, and it reminds me of that like when you're a young like college or right out of college, you have a group of filmmaker friends and you have right. to, like you all work on each other's pro- projects you act in them you hold camera you do yep. whatever mm-hmm. and it really has that feel to it which is cool and somebody who's holding a boom might be starring in the next scene right yeah, <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> exactly so and there's scenes with a lot of extras and they really yeah there's a lot of people they got it's very ambitious a lot of stuff together everything anim- from like i said the animation yeah, a, is awesome there's an animated title sequence and uh one of the notes from the director is that uh it combines animation live action non-linear storytelling techniques and a documentary style to ground a real and honest story yeah so i it's like really, getting the, the pr stuff so you can actually see the intention of the director too and they're, they're taking risks they're trying stuff and they're swinging for the fences which i think mm-hmm. you should do if you're trying something i mean that's like there's people making millions of dollars on youtube opening up goddamn gifts Boxes. Yeah, toys. <laughs> like, Opening up dolls. Yeah, so uh, why not give these guys a look for doing a scripted thing and trying yeah, something absolutely. new? And, and a bunch of a bunch of Australian actors and stuff that you probably don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which is cool. So uh, it's called Guardian Pigeons, and it's a series by Evan a- Yap. And he's a Malaysian-born film producer uh, and a composer and screenwriter based in Brisbane, Australia. He's done all sorts of short films and stop-motion animations. So it's all uh, shot around Queensland. It's all up there Mm -hmm. in in that area uh, on the Gold Coast. And uh, we want to thank those guys for supporting us. And we're happy to support uh, Guardian Pigeons. Yeah. And if you want to fly us out to be in something, I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Let's go into some trailers. Yes. Uh, Chips. (laughs) I want to hear what you guys have to say about this trailer. Matt, you first. Well, it's like we're talking about with all comedies. Like, right. you know this isn't going to be a, a knockout. Uh, this is like a 2016 movie, even though it's 2017. It's not going to be anything special, but you're probably going to laugh a little bit. Uh, I, I don't really know See, what to I say. Already- I don't want to shit on this movie altogether. I just saw the trailer. Uh-huh. But it's like, it's like what all, this is, I mean, this is, this whole remake, the, the movie or the TV show thing with like this handful of 10, what we've deemed the comedy actors now. I, I'm just a little bit tired of it. Uh, it was very cute during Starsky and Hutch about 12 years ago. Uh, having said that, um, if I'm watching it at 1 a.m. or hungover on cable, I'll probably enjoy it well, on I, some level. I I'm, Shit, I watched the original Chips, I so give, I could probably take this. <laughs> well, I give a lot of credit to Dax Shepard's agent. 
Yeah, he wrote uh, and directed it. They somehow what? got greenlit as to wrote, write, star, write, and direct this movie. You know, and I think uh, he probably grew up watching Chips the way we all did. And mm, so- not according to that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> So um, maybe he wisely bought the rights to this or something. I don't know, but um, they were like nine ninety nine on eBay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for a while. The chips rights were on eBay. Yeah, nine dollars and ninety nine cents. I think Al Bitter guy got it for thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, was it was a bidding war. Um, all was, the way up to twenty dollars. I was biting my nails there for a minute. I like Michael Pena. Um, Me too. There's Love a couple him. funny scenes, but then it got if, a little if, too like. There's too many like only there were more, jokes in it. Yeah, if only there were more dick jokes in the trailer. Yeah, there's all these like "Don't get your dick near me" jokes. There's like five of them in, in the, the trailer. trailer. Yeah, yeah just the trailer. trailer. So and so you're imagining the trailer to going, oh man, these are the best scenes. There's nothing else like when he do. talks about his yeah. dick. Yeah. yeah, and when he does the stunts, mm-hmm. the stunts look good. Yeah, a lot of. Tight underwear, the guy's tight underwear, dick close to the guy's face. There's a mm-hmm. lot, several of those in the trailer. In the trailer, yes. Yeah. So you can only imagine how many are actually in the film. You got to figure the plot's going to be better than the average episode of Chips, though. Didn't they just, just have like pile ups and be like, we got to clear up this pile up? Yeah, yeah, that was it. And then there was always a B story of like, Ponch <laughs> right. on a date or something yeah, like yeah. that. You know, right. like it was. But the plot, it wasn't, you didn't have to do much yeah, it was, for a plot back then. It, it was, was quote, like, chip, should I. Chips crash. That's all it was. Yeah. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. right. Or, yeah, the, the subplot would be like, should I make tacos or should I make yeah. hamburgers? Yeah, it was, that was it. And then it'd be a good freeze frame. I do like yeah. the freeze frame at the end. The freeze frame at right. the end. It was an emergency 51, the show emergency. Uh, it was that template. Mm hmm. Big thing a couple of sometimes there was a couple of small fires and in chips there's a couple of small incidents and then a big one and then a subplot of shenanigans with the boys at the precinct you know sometimes they wouldn't even wrap up a plot yeah like i remember one like fruit stand got crashed or something in the beginning of an episode and like uh one of the cops goes who's gonna clean this up and then they just never fucking no one not my job that's who's gonna clean this up someone else <laughs> so like I remember one like Ponch was on a um a game show and so he was training <laughs> They kept taking him to department stores to guess the price of how much of the microwaves. Oh my god, that's So that was great. the subplot while they're out, you know, keeping yeah. the freeways of LA safe and then the end of the spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Then the end of the episode he gets all the way to the the final round, and it's a motorcycle, and they're like, "He's got this," yeah. and then blows it, <laughs> and then freeze frame oh. uh, with Ponch, you know, oh doink, warp, warp. Like and every episode too, for every crash, there was always a ramp. Like you know, something uh-huh. would always go. Always a ramp. There was right. always a ramp. On everyone just happened to put down a ramp on a yeah, crowded right. freeway. Right, right. There was also like several, several episodes where they went undercover. At like derbies, yeah. at like yeah. dirt derbies, <laughs> they'd leave that alone for two years and then just yeah. come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's not like uh, this movie is is destroying some no. some sacred piece of art. It no, might even it improve it. It might even improve it. Um, I think it's going to be one of the worst movies of twenty seventeen. All right, that's Ooh. my, that's my uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, the Razzie Awards are already putting it on the uh, list. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're already putting it in the, uh, making invitations with the, right, the top yes. of the list based on the trailer. All yep. right. Another trailer. Um, I Am Michael, the James Franco true story about a guy who was gay and then came was, was debating his faith. Like, I'm a Christian. Can I be a Christian and gay? And then suddenly says... Uh, 
oh no, maybe can gays go straight and start his own church, start his own church, starts mm-hmm. a huge controversy about this within the gay community, within the Christian community. Yes. And it looks like uh, Zachary Quinto's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might know him as Spock mm-hmm. or the creepy guy from Heroes. Yes. Uh, remember <laughs> the Heroes? creepy guy from Star Trek? <laughs> yeah, remember him? Uh, creepy guy from American Horror Story. <laughs> yes, he always plays a creepy guy. This guy, yeah. he's, he's, he plays a gay dude. Um, uh, so now this movie, it's always, whenever I hear James Franco, I'm like, I never know what I'm going to get. Like, yeah, because you know, he, he just had, did like a, it, like a bad comedy there. Well, I don't know if it was like, good or not. I didn't see it. Yeah. But it's, it's like why he just him? did like a why silly. Yeah. He just did a silly comedy so, by him. So you never know. Like, but also he kind of produces and does his own things too. Like, I think he did some weird short film anthology on his own and uh, like. He, I mean, yeah, he does crazy stuff. Like, wasn't right, he a soap right. opera actor? For, yeah, yeah. Like, there, a, there, a there's all sorts of stuff that he does. So you never know like what you're going to get when you get a James Franco project. And some of the stuff's excellent. Like this one, I thought, okay, seven hours. Yeah, was yeah. Fantastic. So I'm thinking, like, as I'm watching this trailer, I'm like, you know what? This feels like a passion project. It feels well crafted, and it's based on a true story. This one I'm on board for. I think this one's going to be good. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be. He's he's gay a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he should have been in Chips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm I'm. I'm oh, just... you know, there's going to be a scene in Chips at a male strip club. Yeah. You know, of there's course. one already. Of course, mm-hmm. of course, there already was. <laughs> and they make they get there by mistake. Whoop! Right, right, right. How did we get here? Yeah, yeah. And they kind of play chicken. Well, I'm not leaving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we got to stay here to arrest Joe so and so. This is I a stakeout. I kind of liked it. What? <laughs> um, this this is interesting. This is an interesting subject matter. This Franco movie. There was a comic on the open mic scene in the early 2000s in LA who claimed that he was gay. And that religion brought him back to heterosexuality. And audiences were not down with this shit. He got heckled more than anyone I ever saw. Everyone was just like, no way. What, did he open with that? (laughs) It was his whole thing. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. It was his whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know. Now he's playing at the inauguration. (laughs) 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 Jesus healed me. Oh, good. Well, the thing that's interesting about I Am Michael, it was made in 2015. And for whatever reason, it has been pushed back to a January 27th release date. Don't you see, man? You know? Like, I don't know what, why. This is the Illuminati at work. See? (laughs) They knew Trump was going to be president. But it feels like, yeah, because it feels like this is like. This this, is part of the balance. Like, wouldn't this be like a let's release this for Oscar consideration? Yes. Why are we releasing this in late January? I don't know. Limited release? Like, I'm confused about a lot of this. Has that become a move now? You put it out early in 2000, early in the year? Well, you do a qualifying run. And then you... But towards the end. And and then then you you fight for it. Like, you guys got to go back and watch it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really... really No one else does that, right? It's all December. It's It's all December. Even if the movie isn't finished. You know what? It might have had a limited release. Um, It might have had a limited release in 2016 because uh, people are talking about this. Yeah. There could have been distribution errors, like the distribution company, a deal fell through or went sour, and then they had to get another, you know, there's a million things that could have happened. Right. All right. So, uh, okay, and uh, let's see, we'll just go to DVDs, Girl on the Train. Um, I saw this. I remember you talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Second review. Uh. Second review. <laughs> it's, it's, Has it improved? It's not a great week for no, DVDs. No, no, it's not. 
I, I wouldn't. I don't know that I would see that. I don't know that I would see Ouija Two: Origin of Evil. Well, or how about Keeping Up with the Joneses? Yeah, I mean, there's none of these <laughs> movies that I would see. I would go if Ouija Two could really prove the origin of evil. I would love to see that. Then I would, yes. uh, then I would yeah. see it. If yeah. that really was like specifically the, first day of the evil. origin of evil. Yeah. yeah. Here's where it is. <laughs> and here's the website you can go to to stop. Yeah. Like, is there an online survey we can all take or a? Oh, there's a donate button. Oh, great. Yes. Right, to stop the evil. Good fight evil. I did something today. <laughs> I emailed a senator and I fought evil. Ten cents against the devil. Which <laughs> <laughs> is the name of your next album. Yeah. I like it. Uh, yeah. Not a good deal. For, I, I, I'd go get caught up on all of these like Oscar contenders, the ones that right. were nominated and won for the Golden Globes. The Oscar nominations are coming out this week, I believe. Because so. they're all, you know, they're all they're pretty good. <laughs> they're not great, but they're all, they're all pretty good, yeah. you know. We're not bad. <laughs> you know, you'll enjoy it. Um, there's also some indie horror out now that's uh, kind of getting buried a little bit because we're kind of into that dumping ground. Uh-huh. It's either like October or like the January, February. Like That's uh, a new genre, right? Indie horror? Indie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I saw where, one this year. It's, it's where the, the guy was in a band and they played like a skinhead show. Yeah. Oh, that movie. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, it's where the most interesting things in horror are kind of happening. Right, like right. Neil was talking about on the site the autopsy of Jane Doe, and he said it's a great, you know, contained, small, great indie horror film where a woman comes in, they start the autopsy, and it starts to um, unfold what happened to this girl, and then things kind of go really bad from there. And turns out, as they're doing the autopsy, she may not be completely dead. Oh, so oh, uh, really. Sh- Yes. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got uh, something to watch on the road next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I think I just so, heard the best moment. Yeah. <laughs> Autopsy of Jane Doe. And uh, uh, Neil said it, it's like one of those movies that just, it's it's really good and it goes in some interesting directions towards the end. Um, All right. And uh, what do we got for uh, premiering this week? The founder. Now we we had someone on the show talk about the Ray Kroc story. This is the Michael Keaton. Oh Ray yeah. Story. Did they like it? Yeah. It's it's. Um, I bet you'll make you mad. I, I bet you'll make you mad. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <It's>, uh, <laughs> Mr. Mom ripped me off. <laughs> I know. You're gonna be like, Mr. Mom stole this franchise. They stole my McDonald's. Um, but like, yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I like look. I like Michael Keaton. I'm. We all should know the history of McDonald's just because it's part of our culture. It is, and it's a. It's and a, also, if you're a young entrepreneur, you should. The know. vultures are out there. Yeah. Things have not changed. Nothing has changed, but it also shows, except Michael Keaton is now playing the vulture. Yeah. Right, <laughs> he used to be the likable guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's the young guy now. He's the bad guy. But yeah, I'm excited to see it. It's it was it got a limited release to get some nomination stuff, but now it's wide. So I've checked that out. Versus, unless you really want to stay home and watch Ouija Two. <laughs> we should make Colon, a movie origin of evil yeah <laughs> we should make a movie about how evil coca-cola is oh. or like the founder of coca-cola see if we can't get shut down i'm kind of surprised this movie could even come out i know in a way well super size me came out yeah yeah that's true that's my, much worse my my favorite pr moment was after that movie came out when mcdonald's stopped doing super size meals, yeah 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 and they said the timing of the film had nothing to do with oh, their decision right 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 <laughs> stick to it yeah evil clown ouija 3 the origin of mcdonald's <laughs> um m night Shyamalan's back with split yeah are you still waiting for that comeback this is it yeah <laughs> 
Jimmy McAvoy is going to bring his 27 characters. This is it. This so wait, the girl lives in the pool? I don't yeah, understand. Exactly. <laughs> it's a weird. So, the condo complex. Did I get a, that right? Bad so pool? I love the development of this movie. Like, well, why don't we just watch Raising Cain and then we'll make this movie? <laughs> wasn't I'm sure you guys have covered this already, but like happiness wasn't there supposed to be a twist ending and then there just wasn't. Uh, which one? And that that's the Marky Wahlberg one. Yeah. That was like when happening. People, happening. That's yeah. when people fucking turned on him. They're like, no surprise ending. Fuck you. Yeah, that was... The ending was they just got on the news and they're like, yeah, that was just a fluke occurrence. We don't know what happened. The plants went bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole movie, Mark Wahlberg. What's happening? Why was the plants bad? Everybody in the theaters like, we want a goddamn supernatural payoff. Yeah, that movie was a disappointment. <laughs> Had a fantastic trailer. Mm-hmm. He's becoming the Michael Bay of suspense. <laughs> Great trailer. What has he done since then? Okay. This is it, buddy. Split. Buckle up. I saw something when a bunch of people were trapped in an elevator, but he really didn't have oh, much devil. to do with that, right? Yeah. He had yeah, enough he to had do enough with it. He had enough to do with yeah. that to make that a poor choice. And then there was the Grandma's House movie, that one. Then that with was Martin the Lawrence? One. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of felt Turns like it. Turns the pool. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> the big twist is it was Martin Lawrence the whole time <laughs> in a fat suit. <laughs> uh, next movie is Triple uh, X, The Return of yes. Xander Cage. Yes. I've never seen any of those. I, actually, I saw it with the sound off on a bar one time. Looked all right. Yeah. Uh, and I do like the line where he goes, I'm a love serving my country. Yes. <laughs> when he's about to bang some broad. I, <laughs> this trailer. I, and skateboarding. I love skateboarding. Yeah. Yes. There, there's no reason not to call this a Fast and Furious movie. At this, it's a fast, yeah. fast and Furious. There's, it, it's just it's the exact same movie with a different title. 10. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. That's what they At the end, they should give the plans to Paul Walker. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. And he should say something about hope. <laughs> it's Fast and Furious. Yeah. With like, a skateboard. Like Vin Diesel's character in Fast and Furious just goes, I got a side job. Yeah. And then goes and does a gig right. for Sam Jackson yeah. on a motorcycle. While they're... Radical and ravenous. Yeah, while they're racing. They might even be shooting them simultaneously at the same time. It's the same crew. It <laughs> yeah, has to yeah. be like the same yeah. cars, the right. same stunt yeah. team. Let me catch this bad guy with a kickflip down his handrail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> I'm so there is... A, the thing I love about these movies, too, is there's no pretension to them. Like, this is no. it. You're either in or you're right, out. Right, right. Yeah. That is nice. That and is we don't nice blame gesture. you either way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're, down, they're like, this yeah. is what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, 20th Century Women is the next one. This is uh, the Annette Benning uh, drama with the relationship between her and her son. Actually, I, you know, I saw that. It looks good. It looks like really. It looks like it's going to make me furious. Okay. <laughs> what? Just childhood issues. Okay. Yeah. But other than that, but uh, yeah. Other than that, though. As far as a film put together. Sure it's a well executed film. Yes. <laughs> So I'm hoping it's good. Much uh, like knives are well-crafted when well-crafted. they stick yes. into your heart. <laughs> yeah. Sure. The next so, one is uh, Trespass sure. Against Us. Mm-hmm. Now, this is this weird UK um, crime family movie with uh, Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson. And Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. So it's, you know, they live in trailers that are like very small-time crooks. And, you know, he doesn't want to be a crook anymore. He wants to take care of his family. But the father keeps force- pushing him into it. So, um, you know what it reminds me of? That Jennifer Lawrence movie, um, Winter Winter's, Winter's Bone. Winter's Bone. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a UK version of right. that. Right, it really like felt if, that Or way. like if Snatch was just about... Um, uh, Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt's character, his family, and it was a drama. It wasn't, right. it wasn't a comedy. Yeah. Like, that's what it feels <laughs> like it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. These guys are great actors, and I love, I love any sort of weird... 
it's like Animal Kingdom, you know, like yes, that, like, it has that feel to it for sure. So I, I, I like, but in trailers, but in trailers, <laughs> yeah, in trailers. <laughs> so wow, that is our show. Is that That's a super sized show? It was a big banger. It was one. We, we, we covered we covered a fair amount of films. We talked about the six or seven movies on this mm-hmm. thing today. Come on, guys, it wasn't a lot of nonsense. We nailed it. We did, yeah, we did totally. It. We did really. Remember when we were talking about hidden figures? Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Oh. Yeah, it's bringing me back. Remember silence? Remember guys talking yeah, yeah. about silence? Let's recap the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything was just kind of good. Like before a movie, they go, you saw an advertisement for deodorant and figured out how to make a birdhouse. Uh, well, that's our show. Matt, where can people see you on the stage? On the uh, just go to thefullcharge.com. That's thefullcharge.com. Dot com. That's me on Twitter, too. And I got dates up on my website. My podcast is up on my website. It's all happening on the World Wide Web. Yeah, internet. Make it happen. Um, as we said, guys, no show at SF Sketchfest January 24th. We apologize for that. But, but DVDs in stock. Earbuds, DVDs are available. Posters. Um, like we say, spend $20 with us once a year. Um, and we have T-shirts, too. We have earbuds shirts Shirts. As well. All kind of earbuds merchandise, guys. Um, so do that so we can keep the lights on and uh, have the time to go to some shows. Yes. Um, <laughs> anything else? Anything else to discuss, talk about? Those are the main things. We got a lot of stuff we're working on uh, for this year as the Comedy Film Nerds kind of grows and expands. So we'll be making some announcements. Uh, but for now, it's all about earbuds. We want to get you Kickstarter supporters, your rewards. I know it's been a long journey, but we are finally getting there. So the first batch of DVDs will go out this week. Yeah, and uh, you know, supporting earbuds means there's other projects we're looking to make. We've got some scripts. We're going to do some scripted stuff. So, yes. Um, support us in any way you can, and we can do more of this business. Uh, I think that's our episode. Right? That is. That's I think a good you're right. The full size. We got it. The full size, full charge episode <laughs> is what it was. Thank you once again to our guest, Matt Fulcheron. Thank you. I'm Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han shot first. first.